You're in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. Cincinnati Bengals, 27-16 winners over the Baltimore Ravens. And make no mistake, they are the clear AFC North Division champions for the second consecutive season. Something no other, other team in the Bengals have ever done in the, in the history of the franchise, Dave. You've been around a long time. You've seen all these teams. Talk about this team and this win. Yeah, back-to-back division championships is a big deal. Um, this football team is the first team in, in team history to, to win a uh, playoff game on the road last year, and they won two of them. They come back this year, and, and they repeat as division champion, um, which is a, is a hell of an accomplishment. And take my cap off to them. I mean, the season is a tough, tough grind. And what they went through Monday night, you know, made, made it very, very difficult. Um, you know, that's trauma. That's, that's real life. That's life and death. Those, uh, those things can impact you the rest of your life. And uh, they compartmentalized and, and went out and got a, a big division win against a team that beat them. In 1917, in the early stage, earlier stages of the season, just goes to show you the toughness of this division. They lost the first three division games. They're 0-3. They win the last three <clears throat> to go 500 in the division. Outside the division, they're 9-1. And, and, you know, they're 6-1 and one at home. They lost the first game. They won six in a row. They're on an eight-game winning streak to end the season. But they didn't play very well against Baltimore. So they were excited in the locker room, a lot of celebration, a lot of cigars being smoked, a lot of guys happy for the body of work of the season, but they weren't ready to do cartwheels about the performance against the Ravens. Joe Burrow went 25-42-215, one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, And he said himself, not one of my better games. I made some mistakes, missed some throws I normally make. But he did say in his post-game press conference, we like the hard path. And that's what they're going to have come next week as the Baltimore Ravens will return to Paycor Stadium. And when the Baltimore Ravens return, you got to think they're not going to throw two interceptions, lose two fumbles, and get stopped twice on fourth down. They had six possessions that didn't end with a kick. So they feel like they beat themselves more than the Cincinnati Bengals beat them. Um, those turnovers gave Joe Burrow's offense short fields. I mean, the, the second half of the football game, and the concern that I've got is three games in a row now, you've had a good half of performance and then a subpar performance in a half. One game was the first half was good, second half was bad. Another game was the reverse. This game went back to the first half was good, really good. Second half, three and out, punt, two plays, fumble joe burrow got the you know got hit and strip sack eight plays drive for a field goal three and out punt three and out punt get stopped on four downs lose the football three and out punt those are the possessions in the second half that's not going to win you football games in the playoffs you can't have a good good performance in the first half with respect to offensive execution i mean you know you look back and you're like okay well wow in the, in the uh, Monday night game that was basically canceled, the first drive, five plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Second drive, moving the ball again, but the tragedy happens. So the game stops. But they're, they're getting in scoring position 
on their first two drives against Buffalo. First two drives against Baltimore. Field goal, touchdown. I mean, they're, they're in a rhythm. It's like, wow, it's going to be a carryover for Monday night. Yeah, not so much. You've got to give the Baltimore Ravens defense credit. Their defensive coordinator, McDonald, has done a good job. You know, th- this football team has gotten better and better with him as the defensive coordinator during the course of the season. The prior defensive coordinator now with the New York Giants, we know all about him. The old blitz, you coming out of the locker room and gave up a lot of big plays. Joe Burrow killed him. Joe Burrow scored 40 points against his defenses, it seemed like. McDonald is a guy that is not going to let you throw it over his head. He is not. He's going to play top-down coverage. Um, he's going to make it very difficult to hit big plays over the top. And he confuses, He tries to confuse you and disguise his blitz packages. He's got five, six, seven guys in the box all the time. Sometimes only three come. Most of the time just four come. And then he disguises on the back end. And you, you end up having to check the ball down. I mean, Joe, Joe is checking the ball down left and right. And that's the thing. When you have a chance to be explosive, you have to be. And, you know, he missed, he missed a couple of passes today. But normally it's a can of corn for him. Um, but, and then when you, ha- you have to be efficient, when, when it's not the explosive plays aren't to you, you have to be efficient. You have to be able to go on multiple play drives. The Bengals had a 17-play drive. They, it culminated in a field goal. But to go on a 17-play drive and have like five um, first downs in that drive is, is hard to do in the National Football League. So they just have to play more consistently. I, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going back to Baltimore. They rested a bunch of their starters. They didn't play a lot of people. You know, they said, really can't improve our lot much. Let's just uh, make sure we get guys back for the playoffs. And, you know, they're, they're, I think they're feeling pretty good about how they played and, and what they were able to get done. Um, the Bengals should celebrate. They're the division champions. And fortunately, that, that bull crap about them going on the road and playing at a number six seed, if they're the number three seed, that was ridiculous. And they took care of business and didn't have to worry about that at all but they're going to have to play much more consistent football to beat the Baltimore Ravens next week when the Ravens have all hands on deck. As you said, John Harbaugh sat out, guys, uh, and you could kind of tell that was coming when you started looking at the injury report and you saw illness, 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 uh, did not practice. Um, and you kind of knew yeah. that was going to, yeah. you, you kind of knew that was coming and, as you said, I mean, actually, it, it, no, Dave. Actually, Dave, no, it didn't. I mean, uh, that, that's that's what they do with a lot of their veteran players as as the season wears on. Um, the play-by-play guy, it, it was he was stunned. He had no idea. I'm, he didn't. <laughs> they had no idea that that was going to happen. And um, it, it, it was it was a very unusual circumstance because, honestly, if they had won the football game and anything and other things. Uh, went differently, they could have hosted a playoff game with that stupid, you know, coin toss deal. So, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't planned. It wasn't planned during the course of the week whatsoever, according to their play-by-play guy. The Bengals do suffer an injury. Alex Kappa, how severe do you think that is? And how big of a a miss will it be without Kappa? Because he's, as you said, all season, he, he was, the guy that you felt really 
had played the best among all the guys on the O-line for the Bengals all season. Yeah, I thought he had a solid year. And I thought, you know, Karras has had a great year too. Uh, Volson and Karras both finish. They're the best finishers in terms of finishing blocks. I mean, they are, they are just dynamic in that regard. They're not going to quit until you're on the ground. Um, Kappa, I, I just, he came into the locker room uh, out of the training room on one of those carts that you can, you know, it's, it's a little almost scooter cart that you can put your knee on, bend at the knee, and you have your leg in a parallel position to the ground. Your, your knees bent at a 45-degree angle, and he was elevating his ankle off the ground. And he was, I heard him talking to some of the offensive linemen as I was doing some interviews, and they were saying, that's football, guys. That's football, guys. That's just the way it is. So to me, I've been in that situation with teammates. I know when they're saying that, it's not good. <laughs> and uh, I don't know exactly what the injury is, and I'm sure they're going to be taking more pictures, uh, MRIs, X-rays, and all that. But it would not stun me if, it, if it's you know, pretty significant. He is not playing, in my estimation, from what I saw. Uh, next week that is not happening. He is not playing in the rematch against the Ravens, and they may be without him for the entire playoffs. And, and that's sad because when when Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, he, he got hurt badly in the first playoff game and was unable to play through the playoffs and, and into the Super Bowl and, uh, and all that. And here it is again with another team that he came to because he saw the potential in this football team just like he saw it when he was down there in Tampa Bay. And now, if, in fact, if he's got an injury that's as serious as I surmise it to be, lightning has struck twice for the kid, and I can't believe it. I feel so badly for him. Who do you feel will be stepping into that spot if he's not able to go next week? Well, I mean, I think I think Sharping's the guy. I mean, they were both up. They were both up and available and ready. Uh, Jackson Carmen was active for the football game and uh, you know they 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 went with Max Sharping six foot six inch 325 pounder out of northern Illinois with four years experience and um, most of experience down there with the Houston Texans he's played tackle he's played guard he's the next man next man up and it's not just like we talked about all year they've had guys that have stepped up it's not just next man up it's next man step up, and that's going to be the key. Max Sharping is going to have to go in there and play at a high level. And, you know, he finished the game working next to Adenergy, but now you've got a new right guard and right tackle. And, and the unbelievable thing about it is up at the first 14 games of the season, the entire offensive line played every single snap together. Nobody got hurt even, you know, for, for very – I mean, even when – you had a dislocated kneecap uh, that, that that took place. And with Jonah Williams, I mean, he came right back into the game. I mean, it's crazy. And so they played together for the entire season. And with two games left, second to last game, it ended up being two games left. At game number 15, Collins goes down. Game number 16 is canceled. Game number 17, Kappa goes down. So in the last two games that you were able to go out there and play a football game, you, you lose your starting right guard and your starting right tackle that you got in free agency. And the first guys, you know, that you went out there and, and, and tried to get, you know, the offensive linemen, of course, including Karras, you went center, right guard, right tackle. 
now you've lost your right guard and your right tackle in back-to-back games. What, what are the odds of that to an ACL injury and a severe ankle injury? What are the odds of that? Unbelievable. You're listening to In Trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. If you're looking for a new career, be sure to check out FirstStarLogistics.com. They are looking for add people to their brokerage, also looking for drivers and trucking agents. Um, Dave, we have to talk about Drew Chrisman. Uh, seven punts today, as you alluded to earlier, the fact that how many possessions ended in a punt, 362 yards punting, an average of 51.7 is what I show. Three of them inside the 20. Another big performance by the rookie. So he had five punts on the day? Seven is what I'm or showing. I'm seven. Okay, seven punts on the day. So I, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the stats because he had, going into the football game, this is the kind of season that, uh, that this kid was having. Going into today's game, Crispin had 21 punts. Ten of those were inside the 20. No touchbacks. So almost half his punts were down inside the 20-yard line. He had seven more today, so that's 28 punts. He ends up with two touchbacks, and he had how many inside the, inside the 20 today? I show three. Okay, so it's 13 uh, out of 28 punts on the season, 13 inside the 20, almost at 50%, and two touchbacks. He has back-to-back touchbacks, his first two of the season. Pretty damn good. His directional kicking was extraordinary. I mean, he was he was putting it just right on the boundary, right just out of bounds, you know, at the five-yard line, at the 10-yard line. He, he was incredible. Um, he did, I thought the first punt that he had, I thought he held it a little too long and almost got himself into trouble there and kicked a low-line drive that was returnable. Um, but after that, he was booming that football. He's having, he had himself a, a hell of a finish to the season, there's no doubt. Dave, let's talk a little bit more about the defense because one thing, Eli Apple came up, you know, six tackles today. Uh, you had the interceptions. You had the strip. Uh, you, you get in, you know, Jesse Bates playing a good game. But the thing that caught my eye was up front when you see uh, Joseph Asai, uh, some of those young guys – Zach Carter, uh, have, you know, making some plays that are, are important plays. And then also with the veterans, Sam Hubbard came back today. Trey Hendrickson showing that he, you would never guess that a few weeks ago he had a broken wrist with the way he's playing and the motor he's playing with this, this late in the season. Two sacks for Trey Hendrickson. Um, one of them he forced a fumble. Um, you know, he, he just he, he played extraordinary football. Cam Taylor Britt is in on a combined nine tackles. Logan Wilson has eight. Jesse Bates has eight with an interception and a forced fumble. Um, he, he combined with Cam Taylor Britt. Cam Taylor Britt was trying to punch it out. Jesse Bates pulled it out on one of the forced fumbles. Eli Apple, like you said, had six unassisted tackles, but quite honestly, <clears throat> A lot of those were after completions. He was getting picked on a little bit. Uh, B.J. Hill, again, finds a, a, a way to get himself involved. A couple of quarterback hits, quarterback sack. I mean, up and down the, 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 the stat sheet, uh, defensive players stepped up. Sam Hubbard had himself a quarterback hit, had himself a tackle for loss. I talked to him after the game and asked him 
how the calf held up. And he said, you know, initially he was a little bit, you know, tentative and apprehensive about it, but after the first couple of series felt pretty good and, and got after it. And I said, you know, it's a good, good thing for you to get that um, game time, game time speed. The speed of the game is, is, you know, takes him getting used to particularly if you've been out for a few weeks and then the speed of the game in the regular season. And then there's speed of the game of the playoffs, speed of the game, of the Super Bowl, and it all ramps up and amps up at every single level you get to. And the players that won the team last year all understand that and realize that. And I think that's a big plus, including Sam. And he said that he agreed. It was good to get exposure and snaps in a regular season game to get acclimated, reacclimated to the speed of the game in the regular season and now be ready instead of going from nothing to the playoffs, at least you have a little bit of uh, ramping up time and, and getting used to and adjusting yourself to the speed of the game because there's quite there's nothing quite like it. The speed of the game in the NFL is different, man. It's like you're out on the Autobahn. You're not on the highway. You're on the Autobahn, man. They're flying. Dave, when you look back on this season, what's I mean, we can go back to the early part of the season when things didn't go like I think many Bengals fans thought they would. Joe Burrow told everybody, relax, we're fine. And it's proved out to be the case. But what one of the things that stand out as, you know, the regular season is now completed that stuck in your mind as you as you went through this season that were the, you know, things that fans should really be, you know, looking at as far as what this team can build on as they go into the playoffs. Well, the fact that they're on an eight-game winning streak is is significant. We've talked about it. It's the last eight games of the season, not the first eight games of the season. It's the eight games of the season where teams have their identity. They know what they can and can't do. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're trying to fight for as high a seed as they can get in the playoffs. And to put together an eight-game winning streak uh, with all of that is extraordinary, particularly when there was a pause because of trauma, because of what happened. I mean, you, you, you can't, you can't uh, factor in the adversity of what took place in the Buffalo Monday night football game. I mean, and then, you know, you got to come back and get yourself cranked back up and start to play football again. I thought that that was extraordinary. I thought that they showed themselves to be able to handle adversity in tough situations when, the first game of the season, they turn it over five times. They go minus five. Joe Burrow is just coming back for an appendectomy. He lost 15 pounds. He was a shell of himself, but he wanted to play. He felt like he could play. Well, in the early stages of the season, that wasn't the Joe Burrow that's playing football now. And and the team got off to a tough start. They lose their first three division games. I mean, they lose the first two games of the season and lose their first two division games. What do they do? We're good. We'll, we'll get it done. They end up going nine and one outside of the division, and after losing the first three division games, they win the last three. They're now six and one at home. They lost their first home game in overtime to Pittsburgh, and as poorly as they played, they could have won it in regulation and overtime. They didn't get it done. They lose to Dallas. You know they're zero and two. They lose to Baltimore for their third loss of the season after winning a couple, 19-17 on a 43-yard field goal at the gun. I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, what's going on? 
the second half of the season, the schedule's much tougher. They got to start getting some win equity in the first half of the season. You know, they win eight. <laughs> they win eight in the second half of the season because of the cancellation of the Buffalo game. They go six and one at home. They only have seven home games, nine on the road. They won six of the seven home games, and they did a good enough job on the road to go twelve and four, and tie the single-season win record in franchise history. And I think it's, you know, poetic justice. They did it in a 16-game season, just like the Super Bowl teams, Super Bowl 16, Super Bowl 23. And they've, they've had other te- another team that, that got to 12 uh, total wins as well. That That's the most in franchise history. The two Super Bowl teams, the two of the teams that have done it, I, I think this team shows has shown resiliency, character, ability to overcome adversity. Um, I think they've shown a lot of things. And, you know, last year they're proven that they can handle the playoffs. Now they're playoff tested. And hopefully, um, you know, they'll go into it this year with the knowledge of, of that they accumulated in last year's experience. We hope everybody's enjoyed the post-game thoughts of Dave Lapham in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. Dave, it ought to be an interesting week in the trenches as we get ready for the first round of the AFC playoffs, uh, any thoughts on will this be, end up being a Saturday game or will it be a Sunday game? Who knows? Hopefully they make an announcement on that. I know we're doing this phoner right after the game, Dave. I'm literally I'm I'm in the uh, in the studio uh, at Paycor Stadium uh, where we tape our, our TV work for the Cincinnati Bengals and. Uh, so we're, we're just hoping that the announcement comes, you know, sometime this evening. So when the team reconvenes uh, to start to put together what they're going to do the following week, who it's confirmed that it's going to be Baltimore and find out when and what time and all that. They, they know where, but the other parts of the puzzle have to be announced. And, and hopefully the league, I'm hoping that it comes out maybe at halftime of this football game tonight with the, uh, the NBC national broadcast. Dave, you've watched this Bengals franchise since 1974. You've been a part of it almost every single year since 74. Where does this team rank in those, all these teams that you've seen? Still to be determined. If they don't get to the Super Bowl, they won't be as good as last year's team. <laughs> So, I mean, this, this football team has had a good, as good a regular season as I've seen uh, for a lot of the reasons we just talked about. Um, again, I, I've seen teams win six in a row, win eight in a row, but never the last six or the last eight. And, you know, you just think, man, they're going into the playoffs on a high. You know, I mean, they're playing their best football at the most opportune time of the season. And again, facing the ultimate adversity of a crisis. I mean, a, an absolute crisis that took place in Monday night football, life and death stuff. The toughest fact of life is death. And they had to bring a young man back. He had no, he had no heartbeat. I mean, they had to resuscitate him. That doesn't, there's nothing more traumatic than that. So, you know, to, to stack another win on top of that, um, you know, it, it is impressive. But again, this this could end up to be the best possible situation. There's there's two things going on here. 
Baltimore's going home, and they're saying, man, we don't turn it over four times. You know, we beat this football team, and we had our third quarterback, our fourth quarterback. I mean, we, we, we didn't have our running back. We didn't have this. We, didn't have, we rested everybody, and we were right there with them. I mean, we, we beat ourselves. The Bengals can say we won the football game that finished it off. There was no coin flip or any of that stuff. But we didn't play that well in so doing. We'll accept and take the victory. They're hard to get in the National Football League. We have miles to go before we rest. We were playing at a much higher level before the tragedy. So let's get over the tragedy. You know, let's get back to work. Let's put our nose to the grindstone. And, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's get after the Baltimore Ravens because we know they are a viable opponent. Uh, the rubber match is coming. Both teams have won one. Here comes the, the tiebreaker, the third game, and it's a playoff game. Big. As you say, they'll be putting on that double chin strap and putting on the big boy pads uh, come next weekend. And you can already see, I had a chance to catch some of the post-game press conferences on the Ravens side. And Rickon Smith basically said the Bengals are a nameless, faceless opponent next week. Uh, so I can see a lot of uh, bullets and board material coming out, maybe especially from the Ravens' side. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of surprising that a guy with that kind of experience would give a team bullet and board uh, material. I will say, the NFL um, they they helped the Bengals refocus into what they needed to do by coming up with that silly coin flip stuff. I mean, the Bengals felt like. It's us against the world again, even the league slapping us around. The two teams that should be taken care of, if there's, if there's any bending over backwards to help an organization, number one should be the Buffalo Bills. Number two should be the Cincinnati Bengals. They were the opponent in that football game. They experienced the whole thing. It wasn't their teammate, but it was another guy right on the same football field. Everybody was right there watching the whole thing. And what did the league do? They tried to shaft them. So that was a motivating factor for this football team in this game. There are no two ways about it. So in the end, thank you, NFL. Again, we want to thank you for being part of In the Trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. Again, we can't thank enough the people at First Star Logistics from the top to the bottom that allow us to do what we do. Uh, Bengals win 27-16. We'll go into the playoffs as we knew they would on a high, a win over the Ravens. And if you have not done so yet, make sure you like our videos and subscribe to the channel. We can't thank you enough for those who have already subscribed to help make this one of the fastest growing channels on YouTube that have Bengals information. And uh, I can't thank Dave Lapham enough for taking the time because the man is one busy man. I know it's going to be a busy week for you, Lap. Yeah, busy week. But man, when you're talking playoffs, fun week. It's a, it's a, it's a fun busy. There's no question about it. You know, it, it's not mundane. It's not like, oh, man, it's not oh, same grind. It's the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, playoffs. Here we go. Again, we look forward to seeing you in the trenches with Dave Lapham this week. Thanks, Lap. You got it, sir. At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. <laughs> Brakes? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky. 
get the body right, then the mind's right. You know, know, gotta get that body right. That's right. right. Yes, sir. Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out FirstStarLogistics.com.